Welcome to Faux Real. Devlin here. On this episode, I welcome the incredible singer, songwriter, pianist, and entertainer, Julian Villard, who joins me in the midst of an ongoing and already successful Kickstarter for his upcoming album, In the Middle of Something, a lovingly comedic take on middle age, which includes musical cameos from a number of other incredible artists, including the Weird Al Yankovic. Julian joins me in the all-new recording space at Lazy Pickle Studios to share his musical history, stories of working for the Howard Stern Show, the awesomeness of Jack Black, and we share our mutual admiration of the late Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman. In the interim of recording this episode, I had the pleasure of seeing Julian perform live in concert at the Lyric Hyperion. His mastery of quips and comedic interplay with the audience is just as in tune as his piano playing. It was quite a treat. You can also see him live as he performs an album release show for In the Middle of Something on April 4th at the City Winery Boston and in New York City April 6th at the La Poisson Rouge. Ticket links are in the show notes. If you would like to contribute to his album and be part of the magic, that link is also in the show notes. And with no further ado, let's get to the show and my conversation with Julian Villard. All right, welcome to Faux Real. I'm your host, Devlin Wilder. In studio today, I have Julian Villard, who is an incredibly talented singer, songwriter, lyricist, Broadway performer. I mean, you've seen him on stage with the likes of Jack Black, Reggie Watts. His yeah, upcoming album, it, <laughs> his upcoming album, In the Middle of Something has already blown through the roof uh, in its success on Kickstarter with more than $25,000. I happen to be an executive producer Thank on the that. album. Thank you for your contribution. <laughs> so I'm pretty stoked about that. Julian, welcome to Full Real. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. This is a wonderful commute. It's uh, Your uh, studio is really close to my house, weirdly. Um, but uh, I want to correct you on one thing. I am... I am uh, if anything, an off-off Broadway performer. I have not performed on Broadway. <laughs> okay. I mean, I've right. performed literally on the street Broadway, but many times, but not in an, in an actual, but that's fine, I'll take it. It's, the only reason I'm correcting is that my wife is a former musical theater performer who has every credit besides her Broadway credit. So if I came on this podcast saying I was sure, on Broadway- she would. It's come been, after you about that I, I, we'd get divorced <laughs> i totally understand um and i was reading about both of you you're both very very talented and um this year you're celebrating not only the the 10th anniversary of your new york city concept album if you don't like it you can leave um which is an incentive on the kickstarter but that's true yes if you can if if, if i get, i keep raising the price because i keep uh, <laughs> not assessing how actually expensive it is to press file these days but if we get to now i think i'm saying it's 35k uh, then I'm, I'm going to repress it, and it's an album that people really dig. So hopefully that happens, but we'll, we'll see. That's pretty excellent. Um, you're not only uh, celebrating the 10th anniversary of, of that album, but the 10th anniversary of uh, your marriage yeah, with yeah. your lovely we wife. Get, I, yes, you've done your research. Yeah, no, we basically got married the year that I made that record, um, which is interesting to be like, holy moly, I've been, we've been married 10 years. It's, uh, it's kind of nuts. Are you married? 
I'm not. You're no, not. I'm totally okay. single and looking, ladies. All right. Hey, you heard it here first. <laughs> you got the scoop. Get in, girls. That's um, right. No, uh, it's yeah. Marriage is crazy. It's um, and obviously, I, uh, it's a big uh, focal point of this. Certainly, of this record because this whole album that I just finished is basically a, like a. It's a midlife crisis. Uh, it's just sort of contemplating all these elements of being in the middle of your life and you know my marriage or marriage definitely is a big part of that of course as it should be yes i hope i mean you know. <laughs> yeah and you have a beautiful family i've looked Thank at all you. the pictures on the on the kickstarter Appreciate campaign that. and that's uh that's that's it's pretty awesome that you know you both came together and you're both performers and um i was reading that she is actually an alum of uh Ladue School District, which uh, are you a St. Louisan? Uh, Louisan. So I claim St. Louis. Okay. Uh, I'm actually from Southern Illinois. I'm okay. from a tiny blink town called Centralia. All right. Which uh, claims to be a population of about five thousand, but okay. it's much less than that because we all got out of there as fast as we could, so including myself. I, I'm pretty sure I got vaccinated in so, like close to there <laughs> because you? I got vaccinated in Southern Illinois. Um, where did I? Because I was living in St. Louis during the pandemic. We moved there. Okay. And I drove to Southern Illinois because it was the only place, you know, it was the only place that it was where people were refusing the vaccine. <laughs> so, yeah. <that's> <laughs> listen, it's this is all yeah. the past. Who knows? But so I was like, oh, there's extra ones there. I'll go there and get it. You know? Sure. Um, but uh, that's wild. No, I, my wife. Yeah, my wife is a, a Ladue graduate. She's a, a St. Louisan. They never say it right, but. Um, and her whole family's from there, and their whole family's still there. She, I think, she's the only one who kind of made it out. Well, well, well done to her because <laughs> St. Louis is actually great. I, I love St. Louis. I, I compared to Southern I, Illinois, I, I agree one thousand percent. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, my town is mostly churches and bars. Sure. Yep. That's the whole town, yep. and. Uh, uh, for a long time, we had two McDonald's, which was a big win for us. But uh, the other McDonald's went away now, so oh, now man. it's back to just one. <laughs> Do you get to go home at all? Uh, not if I can help it. Okay. I, I was there Thanksgiving of twenty twenty one, so and that was wait, last 20, time. Twenty twenty two. Okay. It was at least over a year ago. Okay. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, every other year I try to get out there. I'm I might be going out there this summer. Um, I don't know. Working okay. on plans. Sure. I also want to bring my mom back out. She she came to stay with me a few years ago and we did the whole Hollywood thing and went to the wax museum and stuff and it was a real treat for her. So awesome. I'd really like to do that again because she, you know, I've I've been here for a while. I'm jaded now. So <laughs> Sure, yeah, yeah, I can see how that happens. <laughs> you know, um, this is pretty cool for her. Um, so I want to talk all about this upcoming album in sure. the middle of something. You are writing it as a, as, as a middle-aged person. And um, besides uh, all the work you're doing on the album, you're, um, it's being produced by Dave Way, who's worked with Fiona Apple and Ben Folds. Mm -hmm. um, and you have some pretty incredible performers on the album, including, including. the Weird Al Yankovic, That's which right. is why we're here today. I know, yeah, Al is... Um I was a, did like basically as a cameo on the record because um, Dave, uh, who is really an LA kind of mainstay, he's I mean been working here at a very high level and, and made some incredible records for thirty years. But he um, mixed and won a Grammy for Mandatory Fun. 
Yes. So that's his relationship with Al, and we had this, it's the song that's actually a duet with my wife. Um, it's called uh, We Should Have an Affair. It's about opening up our marriage. And um, Oh boy. It's pretty nuts, and it's very musical theater and kind of off the wall, and it's got this, It's you know, it started out with this real two-beat kind of energy, this oompa oompa thing, and as we were sort of building it out and kind of going through all the different feels, uh, Dave had suggested this idea of this middle section where we kind of go to Paris and there's an accordion player. And he goes, you know, I think I can get Al to do this. And oh my I was God. Just, as soon as he said that, I of was course. just like, okay, well, I mean, yeah, if you can do it. And he got Al to do it. And, you know, we, we sent the track to Al. We sent it to his, his manager, Jay. Jay sent it on to Al. Al was like, okay, cool. I'll do it. And Amazing. he came into the studio and played accordion. And he actually has, um, I don't want to spoil it, but he has a vocal cameo on the track, so he actually says like one line, which is pretty hysterical, and then, you know, it's all sort of set up as a dream sequence that somehow we wind up in Paris and, you know, we're at a romantic dinner and the accordion player is Al, and we kind of maybe suggestively get into a threesome with him. It's very, <laughs> it's totally bonkers. Holy crap, that's yeah. amazing. But it's very, it's very funny. It's very, uh, and his, um, the, like it's, when he, he, the one line at first I was, when we did it, I was like, is that it? And then the more I listen to it, I'm like, oh no, this is actually kind of perfect. You know, this, it's, it's like a, it, it, you won't, if, if you weren't paying attention, you borderline won't even catch it. You'll just be like, wait, is that really him? And then you won't, you know, you just, the track to the song just keeps on going. I love it. I love that so much. Uh, oh my God. I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> yeah. It's super exciting. I'm, I'm really happy with it. Oh, that's, that's incredible. And you know, I've met Al a number of times over sure. the years and seen him in concert a million times. And he's one of the, most incredible performers. This he's he's huge, great. My, I mean, I, you know. A dear friend of mine is a huge fan, and he brought me to see him on, um, it might have been the Mandatory Fun Tour. It's, it's, it was like probably 2011, 2012. I don't know if that, that's the time period. I'm trying to think of what the... It would what, have been 2014 for Mandatory Fun. So then it was the one before that. Um, I've got the I've got the, the tickets up on my wall, and I went and, when I was living, I mean, I lived in New York for forever, but when I was in, um, I went to see him in Red Bank, New Jersey, and the show was mind-blowing. It was great. It was, sure. was fully staged, all kinds of crazy oh, stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, he he always puts the most uh, puts on the most amazing, incredible live stage performance that there's ever been. And even when he does the you know uh, the ridiculously self indulgent ill advised vanity tour, where you know he was uh, it was just him and the band, uh, it's 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 pretty that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, no, it, and it was it was a absolute treat to get him on the record and and he was you know he was a total class act the whole i mean it was it was great 100 percent a plus he always is that's that's really awesome that that he's on this record i want to talk all about your your other albums sure. as well you've got a lot of great work out there and i Thanks. i uh i did i did listen to um please don't make me play piano man again which i loved okay yeah, yeah. sure I was very. It, it was pretty. It was pretty cool. Thanks, That's, man. Thank you. Yeah, I know. I've been. I've been making records for a minute. I mean, I. I started doing this in. Shoot, I mean, this will be like. I put out my first real record about twenty-one years ago, but I mean, which is insane to say. I mean, I was making records before then, but um, you know, I had a whole journey through my twenties. Uh, as I had a record deal and moved to London and was signed to EMI and had a whole experience there. And Mr. Saturday Night is actually the record I made kind of on the tail end of that I had the, the deal kind of came kind of fell apart or I got dropped and then I had a second deal with this kind of subset of Universal and that's 
the record I made for that. And that record's very much sort of an, kind of a, you know, has elements of, a, it's sort of a commentary on kind of being a performer. Um, it's sort of the first record of mine where I really started to try to do thematic work too. Um, and that's kind of carried through up until this record. I think in a weird way, I've been iterating on that record this whole time. So the last, the four, that record and the four records after it, I've, it's sort of always been me trying to take some sort of larger statement or idea and, and encapsulate it in the in the album with you know varying degrees of success yeah i listened to bits of each of the various albums and i definitely noticed that carryover they're all very different but they all they all have that that sort of you know that same vibe and feel yeah it's you know i think there for me the the lyrical content of each thing you know the, the the focus on lyrics has even has grown with each each record and i feel like that's something that um you know, not that I was, it's just, I feel like that's really the only card I have left to play because I don't think I'm making music that's, um, in my age, you're not, I'm not making relevant music. It's not music that I'm, you know, trying to participate in the zeitgeist. But I think the thing I can do is sort of tell my story and try to, you know, have a specificity and a, a clarity and, and a honesty to the music that, that will translate so other people, when they hear it, you know, they it, they can hear kind of songs that are, you know, maybe are more than just I love you, you love me, or I love you and you don't love me. There's there's mm-hmm. different different kind of approaches, and I've sort of I've been exploring that more and more um, with each record, and certainly this record, I think I'm I I, I feel like it's the best um, iteration of that. It's the it's the part where I'm I think I came in with where the my age, my my maturity and my skill set kind of all met and i feel like it really um there's an additional kind of clarity to it that maybe the other records you know i just it's just from the benefit of experience i always think about you know it's my seventh really official album and i think about you know oh it's like that you know randy newman record that i love is the seventh record or the tom waits record i love is the seventh you know so it takes take it used to take it takes a while to get good at it depending upon the kind of music you're making so i mean all that, all that stuff is 50 years old though now, so I don't know, you know, it's, it's I definitely, it, but I think that's sort of part of what this record's about. It's about sort of feeling out of date and feeling a little bit like, where is my place in the world right now? But you really have a lot of experience to bring to all of your current and future work, and you've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yes I have. <laughs> um, um, I don't mean- Some would say too long. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I saw that you began songwriting around 15. Sure. You uh, penned an ode to Pee Wee Herman. I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, I think the first, I mean, I know the one, like kind of the first real song I ever wrote was a song called, you know, Pee Wee, Why Don't You See Me? And it was all about, you know, <laughs> the, my sadness over having lost uh, my childhood idol. Yeah, and you know, it's funny, when he passed away last year, two years ago? No, it was last year. Last year. Here, right, mm-hmm. and so that, that it's funny, I don't really get... Um, that was one of the few kind of celebrity uh, deaths that really kind of hit me in a way that I was interesting because I didn't, you know, he, he was so uh, inexorably linked to my childhood. Same. And a huge part of kind of what, um, why I do what I do. I mean, I think he was the first guy to really show me it was kind of okay to be different or be weird. For sure. You know, and I mean, obviously Al, I know, is a huge part of that for a lot of people too. He wasn't for me growing up, but I mean, he obviously was a fixture 
but um but pb really for whatever reason was that first kind of inkling in my mind that uh you could sort of be an artist you know that was like an option mm-hmm. that like oh this guy's doing something else um and i think it's really funny that you know i i live in burbank now and uh you know tim burton is from burbank right and so all of um, Wee's big adventure is basically kind of modeled to be burbank and then of course the huge final you know set piece scene all takes place in the warner brothers lot mm-hmm. and it was a trip to take a tour of the warner brothers lot and see all those locations oh yeah like oh my god that's when he swings across the moat and it's you know i, I there's something really fitting to me about this is sort of where my journey has taken me and that kind of in a lot of ways is where my journey as an artist began was sort of seeing Wee's big adventure at age five or six and just kind of getting my mind blown absolutely i i did the same and i i i have a lot of those same emotions and i was you know um that was a hard one to take for sure yeah yeah i think I, something about too he was sort of because of the allegate you know the, the indecency thing it's sure. sort of like it all kind of got frozen in time it just stopped and he kind of just stopped doing peewee yeah I did get to see him perform as Pee Wee oh, cool. um, once a few years ago. Um, was that on, think, the, on, the, uh, on the tour and, and the, when he went back yes. to the show at the Broadway yeah, like yeah, in 2010, yeah. 2011 or something maybe? Uh, or was it more recent? No, it was more recent. This was this was a special show. I think he, he only did it a night or two. Um, it was at a theater downtown. I think it was at the Ace where oh, I saw cool. him. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty incredible. You have such a body of experience and you've worked with a lot of great people. Uh, how was meeting Jack Black? That was cool. You know, I, it was really, I just made this, did this benefit with him um, uh, for the strike uh, in the f- last fall. I, um, I'm i really close with Paul Shear. Oh, uh, okay. Who I've known awesome. For, I've known from New York. I know him for 20 years. And Paul was sort of putting this whole thing together. That was this huge benefit for... Give backular spectacular. That's right. And Jack was one of the guests. I didn't really get much time, like FaceTime with him. I didn't hang with him. Yeah. But it was funny is that he was uh, gonna like like threatening to sing peaches on stage and i was ready to go because i know it but uh-huh. he was like i can't sing it because uh-huh. of the strike so yeah. he just i mean it was, he started just singing anti-hero and taking his clothes off uh, sure Super vintage jack black uh, you know. amazing yeah. faux real is brought to you in partnership with better help Do you ever find yourself severely overwhelmed? Like the universe has put everything in your path to halt you from having a good day? I have a lot of those days. I've dealt with depression and anxiety most of my life. And as a neurodivergent, I often have to build a lot of extra safeguards in my brain for those intrusive thoughts that so often plague me from propelling myself forward and getting things done. Everyone is going through something some of the time, and we all need a little help to get through. So if therapy is something you may have been wanting to try, but you're not quite sure how to get started, BetterHelp is really easy to use. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and live chat, so you never have to worry about going to a stuffy office and can set a schedule that fits your own. In fact, BetterHelp is much more affordable than typical in-person therapy, and once you set up your profile, you'll be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. If you wish to change your therapist, you can do so at any time without a fee or penalty. Over 2 million people have used BetterHelp, including yours truly. So, listeners of Faux Real with Devlin Wilder get 10% off their first month. Just go to betterhelp.com slash faux. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, 
forward slash F-A-U-X. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. But it was pretty brief. I mean, we, you know, I, I, I feel like in my capacity also as a, I've done a lot of work where I'm sort of like the guy on the piano, kind of in that Paul Schaefer role. And that's a lot of times when I'm collaborating with comedians, that's really mm-hmm. my, my positioning because I think it's, you know, obviously my musicality and I think I'm able to hang in that world because I'm fast. I've done a lot of work with Howard Stern and with NPR. That's and, right. You've made a lot of appearances on Stern. Yeah. And that's, and those kind of, I think those, um, roles really conditioned me for that in a lot of ways it kind of made me you know especially stern you have to be so fast and i think that's lent my self to be kind of a good kind of you know ancillary person to work with comedians i think that's why i've worked with a bunch of them is stern is sort of acerbic as he's been talked about <laughs> um so howard okay i i did the show for five years mm-hmm. and he, and I would come on intermittently. I basically started out as a guest on the wrap-up show. Okay. And then they would, a, a few times, he would take some of the content that I did on the wrap-up show and kind of put it into the main show. And then I also did a bunch of, like, arranging for them for different bits. And, oh. you know, like, they did a whole um, medley of uh, George Takei's, um all his kind of uh, X-rated Christmas medleys, Christmas songs about his husband Brad, um, which <laughs> are just absurd. We did a whole thing with the men, the a men's choir of. I mean, it was so ridiculous. But I've, you know, I have spent. I've met Robin. I've met Fred. I've met all the whole crew of. You know, I've spent a lot of time with Gary Baba Booey. Um, never met Howard. Oh wow! Never met him once. Okay. Worked for him for five years. I met him uh, all about. 0.2 seconds. Sure, that um, sounds right. Years and years ago, he, uh, <laughs> I was working at the St. Louis Science Center. Okay. And the bodies exhibition came through. Have you seen this? Have you heard about I, this? I know it's it. Yeah. Right. yeah. It. Um, very, very cool. Also, entirely disturbing. Um, sure. In the best, most scientific fun way. <laughs> but he came to see the exhibit in and St. walked Louis? through. Uh huh. Yep, and uh, wild, right? Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you. But he came through and uh, gave me a fist bump because I was checking everybody in. So it's pretty he, neat. Um, you know, I, yeah, I've just, I've, he kind of, in that world, he sort of, and I, I understand, like, one thing I will say about Howard, I think that there's a huge level of transparency with him that, like, the guy on the show is sort of the guy that who he is. Right. And, I, I was sort of told by a lot of staffers there, like, hey, it's actually kind of better for you if you don't meet him. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Although apparently he's perfectly nice. Um, and but I uh, but and ev- everybody who works there is incredible. Like it's a great staff. Everybody's super supportive. And really what I love about that space is that they're kind of open to anything. They're just like, great, let's try it. And I, as a creative, I find that so uh, encouraging and welcoming and really cool that they have this sort of, um, you know, it's not always like that. They're they're really open to new ideas, which I think is really kind of why that show works. And I applaud them for creating that ecosystem. So it's it's, I got nothing bad to say about him at all. He's he was a, he's like the fact that he's allowed me to exist in that world by his grace is is excellent. I just I've never said hi to the man, which I find very interesting, and and kind of crazy, but. 
but Nothing also kind of, but everybody, it's like, you know, that's just his deal. Sure. He wants to come into the show. Like, I'm, I'm nobody. Who am I? You know what I mean? I'm just the guy who's on the show. Well, you are a big deal and oh, you're becoming you. a bigger deal. And I'm sure you'll be uh, a guest on the show in the next few years with all that you're, that you're working on. That's very kind of you to say. Well, I, it's, it's, it's in your cards. I see it. All right. All right. <laughs> Reading my it. crystal ball well, I hope your fame I, and fortune I here. I hope you got the right cards. That's what you <laughs> Um... That's really cool that you got to, you know, do some sure. do some work on the show. Yeah. And I know that once he transferred to Sirius XM, they really, you know, he, he's able to be unbridled there and stuff. Which yeah, is, which it's is interesting. Really cool. The show has changed so much because you'd think it was about him being crazier, but he's actually gotten tamer because I think maybe because he just hasn't had the sort of, you know, the, the antagonist to push up against. But it's kind of, the show's come gone to a really mature place. Um he does these long format interviews now, which are really cool. And, you know, he gets interesting people to spend lots of time with him. And in a way, you know, it's his sort of answer to kind of the podcast world, I think, right. in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. That's how he's, his show has evolved. Right. Um, but it still has all the kind of antics from the staff and all that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Sure, is, sure, sure. You know, and that well, that's really crazy to interact with because... You know, when you go in there and you're working, that whole narrative—it's like it's like 35 years of history, of 40. It's crazy. So you got to, oh yeah, that guy used to be on the show, and then he came back, and then and I'd be writing these songs, kind of all about what was happening on the show, kind of improvising them, and it was nuts to, you know, oh so Tam Mom used to do this, but then she doesn't do that anymore, and then Marianne called in. I got to work her in somehow. It was just, you know, it's pretty pretty crazy how how much history there is there. Controlled chaos. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. That's that's the best kind of work that yeah. that I enjoy for sure. That's the best when you have an incredible team that you know you can trust and rely on. Sure. Um, and just uh, you know be able to come up with whatever you want and then hear it right on air or on stage, as it were. And uh, you know that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. It um, it's definitely was an uh, it's. A, Situation I'm, I was grateful to be part of, and, and I feel like it was a huge growth period for me. It really forced me to kind of do stuff I didn't know how to do. I had to learn and figure out how to do. So the the Kickstarter is going very well for the album, mm -hmm. um, up over 25,000. You still got over 20 days to go. Yeah. Um, over 300 backers so far. Yeah, which it's is been great. People have been incredible. super supportive. It's super cool. What are some of the, um, I know you have a lot of extra incentives on there should you get more and more. Um, what are some of the other uh, um, things that you'd like to do with it? If you know, you really I think, I mean, obviously there. like I'd love at some point to do some sort of like retrospective of my work, which would be really cool. I've thought about that for a while on some sort of vinyl kind of greatest hits thing. But you know, I, I I think if I can if I can get to that number where I'm able to repress the New York City vinyl, I'll be so blown away by the I, and it's you know it's I've put it pretty high. I had it lower before, but it's just you know I I've gotten to this point where I'm like you know what I'm I I I'm just going to disclose what it costs. It's like this is what it costs, and not necessarily you know I I kept the goal a little artificially lower because I wanted people to have the enthusiasm. But the reality is, is the records are really, you know, especially the kind of records that I'm making are are not cheap to make. And it's, it's uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm at a point where, like, it's I've been doing this a long time. I feel like if I'm going to do this Kickstarter thing, I want to be like, hey, look, this is what it costs. And I, I as much as I want to repress 
that New York City vinyl, I'm like, I, I feel like it should be kind of merited. You know, it should be like, all right, well, there was a demand for it and enough people wanted it. Um, but if I think if I get there, I'll be so psyched. And, um, you know, I mean, it's just, it's a ton of money to get to $35,000 of support. It's like, it's kind of overwhelming. But you're doing a really good job. Uh, the the Thank contributions you. are coming in mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, you made a, uh, you made a great pitch video. That's what it's all about on those funding campaigns. Sure, yeah. Have you, you, done, know? Have you ever done one before? I have. Okay, yeah. so you know. I've, yeah. I've done a number of them, uh, all successful, and uh, worked with, you know, I've collabed with some other artists and stuff. Um, I've uh, been a part of a lot of uh, successful campaigns, including the uh, campaign for Showgirls, which is the Weird oh, Al yeah, Burlesque yeah. documentary from uh, Jeff Nucera, aka UH Jeff, and I'm I'm also a producer on that. Oh, cool! And uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm I actually was on stage for one of the performances that he taped for the documentary. So I'm I'm hoping I might show up in it. We'll see. Totally. But I'm Very cool. totally stoked to be a part of that. And Jeff is such a cool guy and you know, all of the uh all of the burlesque dancers that are involved are really cool. It's it's uh have you ever gotten a chance is it, well you said you you became a, a Weird Al fan later on yeah i mean I, he's he's an icon of my youth but um yeah. i've only really started to engage with his his stuff i mean i mean, obviously i loved uhf when it came out sure as a kid it was great yeah um but i've only started to like really engage with his catalog more in the last decade or so got it yeah done a lot of successful albums and this one is already becoming a success and uh shared the stage with so many great people uh, Paul Shear, I do love Paul Shear. Not only super talented and super funny, but just like he's kind of like one of the great people. Like he's just a very, um, without a doubt, he's the most generous person I've met professionally. Like there's just something about Paul that when he believes in you and he likes your stuff, he just is like, get over here, let's do this. And I, I you know, I'm always amazed and shocked by his willingness to kind of give it's kind of it's like it's just he's he's like he's a real friend you know he's which has been which just awesome to have you know it's that it, you don't get a lot of those so it's like i really appreciate that guy and he's hilarious he's, he's incredibly <laughs> funny he's so funny he's so funny that he's like willing to not be funny that's how funny he is he's willing to be the straight guy like he he gets it in a really deep way yeah yeah uh i want to talk a little bit about the the record deal that took you to the sure. uk Geez, I was signed uh, off of MySpace, which sounds MySpace. You know, <laughs> oh wow! Which sounds insane to say. That's but amazing. I basically signed a record deal. I mean, Jesus, seventeen years ago. I can't like it. Even those, I'm like, those words leaving my mouth are so surreal. Um, uh, I basically just kind of a buzz got created around my music, and it, it sort of took off in industry circles in London. And the whole time I had just been in New York kind of grinding away trying to get a record deal. And so, and this is back, you know, this is before Spotify. This is when you, that's what you did. You know, that was sort of the objective. Right. Now it's a whole different proposition. It was um, like this, this kind of like this whirlwind of just a groundswell of what, what happened that I basically, all this excitement built up on, around my music online. And I started going over there and, and playing and showcasing and, you know, I ended up getting a deal with EMI, who doesn't exist anymore. They're now 
they were subsumed by um, kind of split by Warner's and um, Universal, but you know, it was signed by a label that signed the Beatles and Pink Floyd. Oof. Wow. So it's pretty, pretty, pretty heady stuff. And I did that. I was on EMI for almost two years. Basically, the label I was signed to, I stayed on for a year. It was called Charisma. And I put out my first song uh, in June of 2016. Sorry, sorry, June 16th of 20, 2008. And then a couple of days later, June, on June 18th or whatever it was, the company restructured. And then I moved over to Virgin and I stayed on Virgin for about nine months. And then I, um, then I got let go. So I had a whole major label kind of ride on the carousel, but only ended up putting out one song, which is like the quintessential major label experience. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so from there, there was like a second deal, kind of like an echo of that deal with this kind of sub company that was distributed by Universal. And that's where Mr. Saturday Night came from. And then by that sort of ride kind of ended in 2011. It started in 2006, seven and went to 2011. And then I ended up coming back to New York. And that's basically right around when I started dating my wife. And um, we, uh, you know, I, I basically didn't really go back to England that much for a few years. I kind of was at home licking my wounds a little bit and just trying to figure it out. And then when I put out that New York record in 2014, that's when I started coming back. Amazing. And what a confluence of, uh, you know, positive outcomes for that to all happen yeah, you know, it's... it's Within a, that small space of each other. It's crazy when you start, like, you know, you don't realize that as you go in life, it's just, like, these mile markers, these things just sort of happen, and you look back, and you're like, oh, my God, look at look at this crazy story that's been kind of created almost unintentionally that that ha- feels like there is a... You know, even when you re- you say to me and people read to me some of the stuff I've done, I'm like, oh, wow, man, I have done a lot of stuff. You know, you don't, you don't think about it like that because you're just mm-hmm. moving through time in the moment. Right. You know? Yeah, it really is wild. It's so incredible to sometimes revisit those experiences that were so life-changing, you know? And totally. That, pro- that propelled you to where you are. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this this show has had so many iterations. Sure, I bet. It's... I mean, I used to record episodes at the Nerdist studio. Oh, wow. World famous Nerdist studio inside Meltdown Comics, Mm -hmm. which unfortunately no longer exists, you know, and uh, I bounced from that studio to uh, UCB Sunset, which is also, you know, (laughs) everything's moving around. uh, Sure. And uh, I even recorded an episode at Funny or Die HQ once. Oh, cool. uh, that was a wild turn of events. But, you know, that's fantastic that you've propelled yourself in such a way through your career and in the middle of something is, I love that title too. It's, it's Thanks. you know, it's a great title. Really puts a, you know, a cap on what it's about. And, um, uh, well, Julian, I appreciate you. Uh, My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Joining me. Yeah, it's just been fun. I appreciate the commute that was very nice um no and thanks for talking for sure appreciate it and thanks for hyping up the music i'm great always always i will i will share with you this is this is actually the first record in this studio i've been thinking about using it for a while but this is the the first official go at it so uh i i really i really enjoyed here it's a you know uh, they got it outfitted and i'm so glad to have you as my first guest here in this uh this new space Congratulations on all of your work and all the things you're going to be doing in the future. 
All right. Well, thank I'll, you so I'll, much. We can, we'll, I'll, I'll, you know, we'll, let's wait a little bit. Maybe I'll come back and I'll, maybe your cards will read right. Or maybe I'll uh, still be here in Burbank hustling. <laughs> For the both of us, definitely. Yeah, definitely. All right, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Faux Real is hosted and produced by me, Devlin Wilder. I also coordinate talent booking. Logo design is by Chris McCaffrey. Social media is done by Oprah Holmes. You can follow the show across social media at Pod. That's F-A-U-X. The outro music you are hearing now is Dynamo Rainbow by Christian Leah. Faux Real is a production of Wild Entertainment.